So I got a couple of crazy people jokes. Y'all ready? Joke number one, how does a crazy person travel through the woods? They take the psychopath. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it don't get no better. I mean, y'all laugh or not laugh. It's as good as it's going to get. Psychiatrist phone greeting. When you call the psychiatrist's office, here's the phone greeting. Hello and welcome to the psychiatrist psychiatric hotline. If you are obsessive compulsive, please press one repeatedly. If you are codependent, codependent, please ask someone to press two. I know it's early. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, and six. If you are anal retentive, please hold. If you are phobic, don't press anything. If you are manic depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no one will answer. That's sad. <laughs> if you are anxious, just start pressing numbers at random as fast as you can. If you are paranoid delusional, we know who you are and what you want. And just stay on the line. We're going to trace your call. <laughs> if you're schizophrenic, listen carefully, and a little voice will tell you which number to press. All righty. All right, crazy people. Um, Sometimes the crazy person is me. Can I just get that out of the way to start with? I posted on Facebook this morning, one of the rules we're going to have in this sermon series is you cannot point at people while I'm preaching. And then somebody put underneath that, can we point at you? That was just wrong. That was wrong. So uh, Psalm chapter 1, this isn't in your notes, and it's not up on the screen. So if you got your Bible with you or you want to get on your phone and pretend you have your Bible on your phone, I want to read to you Psalm chapter 1. I just added that at the last minute this morning. Listen carefully to this. If you don't have it in front of you, don't worry about it. Happy, blessed are those who don't listen to the wicked, who don't go where sinners or unbelievers go. Happy are those who don't do what evil people do. They love the Lord's teachings, and they think about those teachings day and night. They are strong, like a tree planted by a river. The tree produces fruit in season, and its leaves don't die. Everything they do will succeed. But wicked people are not like that. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. So the wicked will not escape God's punishment. Unbelievers will not worship with God's people. This is because the Lord takes care of his people. But the wicked will be destroyed. So you want to get your sermon notes in front of you today and uh, just follow along with me. I've put most of the notes in there till we get to the... Um, about 10 minutes into the sermon, and then you're going to want to jot some things down. I'm going to ask you three questions, and don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Just think inside. Think inside. How many of you here today remember a situation where you felt you handled things with wisdom? How many of you here today remember a situation where you think you handled things foolishly? 
How many of you here today even remember situations where you handled it in an evil way? And now you know why I told you not to raise your hands. I want you to just think about that. Have you ever noticed that when you are dealing with people on your job or in your family or friends or here at church or in other circles where you are socially connected to people, have you ever noticed that in dealing with them, um, they're not all the same? I mean, it might be an employee. It might be an employer. It might be a partner or a customer. It might be a member of your church family, again, or a friend or a neighbor. Could be a family member. Could be a fellow team member. Maybe you're on a team or a committee or a board with somebody. Whoever. With some people, you can talk to them. You can have a conversation with them about an issue, and talking with them is helpful. Communicating with them is constructive. Communication and conversation, when you're talking to some people, solves problems. It gets things fixed. And things get better as a result of talking and planning and acting. And then you can give feedback to another kind of person. You can talk to another kind of person. You try to talk with them in an effort to solve problems and make things better, but talking doesn't help. Or worse, the situation actually deteriorates because you did talk about it, and talking actually fed the problem problem and fed the conflict, and you think it would have been better if I just had never said anything. I'm sure we've all been in those situations, but here's the dilemma. Here it is right here. How do you know which one you're talking to? How are you able to tell which one you're talking to? How do you know how to handle each one of these scenarios? Do we handle them all the same way? Or do we handle them in different ways, have different strategies for each kind of person? When you read the Bible from cover to cover, when you read the Bible from first word Genesis to last word Revelation, it just seems to me that the Bible puts all people, and I know we don't like to put people in little boxes and all that, but it seems like to me the Bible puts people into three categories, one of three categories. Wise, foolish, and evil. Wise, foolish, and evil. So let's look at some examples of people in the Bible who are in those categories. Now, I'm not going to stay here. I know it makes you really nervous to see all those names and all those scriptures because you think I'm going to preach on each one of them. I'm actually not going to. I know that's a relief. Wise people in the Bible. So what I want you to do is look at this list. Joseph, Moses, uh, Bezalel. Never heard of him, have you? You ought to study about him. Joshua, David, Abigail, Solomon, Daniel. Astrologers, not astronomers, (laughs) but astrologers. Stephen, Paul, and of course, Jesus Christ. Wise people in the Bible. People in the Bible who were wise. Foolish people. Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses. You say, wait, 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 wait. I thought Moses was in the wise category. Well, sometimes we're wise and sometimes we're what? Foolish. All of us. All of us. Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, Nabal, 
David, Elijah, the foolish woman of Proverbs 7, Job's visitors and his wife, the rich young ruler, the rich fool, Peter. We could go on and on and on. There are many, many names. So what I hope you'll do is look at those, study those. It's a great Bible study. And then evil people in the Bible, Cain and Abimelech and Lot and Gabriel, Jephthah, um, Jezebel, Jehoram of Judah, Herod the Great, Herodias, Herod Antipas, Judas Iscariot. As a matter of fact, there was one name, and I, I realized it after I already created these notes. There's one name, and there's more than one name, but there, there's one name I want to mention today that could go in all three categories, and that's David. There were times when David was very, very, very wise. There were times when David was very, very, very foolish, and there were even rare moments when David was evil. And so I guess you could say that all of us, to one degree or another, have personified in our own life these categories. So let's look today as we talk about crazy people. And we titled this series Crazy People, and we're going to, do a lot, we're going to have a lot of fun things next week. You're going to see some uh, stuff you're, you're going to really like. By the way, can I just pause from preaching right here? Can we give it up for Pastor Jerry Grantham and our creative team? Look at that background. Isn't that awesome? <clears throat> so let's, uh, let's look at characteristics of wise people. Characteristics of wise people. Are you all feeling encouraged? Look how far we are on your notes. We're already down at the bottom of page one. So, so let's talk about the characteristics of wise people. Anybody interested in knowing what a wise person looks like? What a wise person acts like? So let's just uh, get real practical today. Let's do some application, look at how this fits into our life. A wise person, you're going to be thrilled to know this. i got to tell you, I was so excited to discover this. A wise person is not necessarily the smartest person. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. A wise person is not necessarily the most talented person or the most gifted person or the most educated person in the room. Wisdom, listen to this, Wisdom is something very specific in a person's character. Now, I want you to get this. This is something you're going to need to write down. And you're not going to see a lot of things come up on the screen today, so you've got to listen carefully and write this stuff down. This is important. Here's what denotes a wise person. Here's what defines a wise person. When truth is presented to them, when reality is presented to them, the wise person listens. The wise person listens. Listen, they receive it. Wise people receive truth. Wise people receive reality. Wise people take it in and then, and this is the next very important part, they adjust themselves to that truth. They adjust their behavior to that truth. So a wise person, when truth and reality is presented to them, they listen, they receive, they take it in, and then they adjust themselves to that truth. So I'm going to say that over and over again in different ways. So what does a wise person look like or what does wisdom look like? When wise people are given truthful, listen to this, accurate feedback and then receive it, 
they will say something like, thank you for making me aware of this. Thank you for making me aware of this. Thank you for saying that to me. I know that wasn't easy for you to say to me. Thank you, though, for saying that to me because I want to be the best person I can be. And so I want to thank you for saying that to me. I wasn't aware. I didn't realize it. So instead of doing what I've been doing, because I now see the truth, I'm going to change and I'm going to adjust myself and I'm going to behave differently. Important distinction of the wise person, very important distinction of the wise person, they receive truthful, accurate feedback and they adjust themselves to that reality. The wise person allows truth to define their decisions. They allow truth to define their decisions. They allow truth to design and define their behaviors. They allow truth and reality to determine their plans. This is important stuff. Wise people allow truth and reality to define their actions and their reactions. In other words, when reality shows up to a wise person, when truth shows up to a wise person, the wise person changes. They adjust themselves in order to get on the side of truth, in order to get on the side of reality. Let's talk about conversion. Let's talk about the day you got saved, the day you received Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Savior, the day you became a follower of Jesus. Let me tell you what you did. You were in sin, you were walking in sin, and you were going to suffer the consequences of sin, but somebody brought you the truth. God revealed to you his truth. It may have been something you read, it may have been something you saw, it may have been something you heard, but you received the truth. The truth was given to you. So you're over here because you're lost. You don't know Christ as your personal Savior, so you're over here. God is over there, and here's what you did the day you got saved. You left yourself and took sides with God against your sin. That's what happens at conversion. If you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ, and you say, but I want that, Pastor, I want that. I want a relationship with Jesus. Here's what you do. You join God, you link with God, you partner with God against your old life, against your sin. You take sides with God. You don't make excuses for your sin. You don't give reasons for your sin. You don't argue that it's not a sin. You say, truth has been presented. The reality has been presented to me. I see it. I'm not going to argue with it. I'm going to take sides with God against my sin. Does that make sense? So a wise person is open to the truth. A wise person is receiving of the truth. A wise person is inquisitive. They want to know and they're receptive to reality. Wise people, here's another characteristic, they focus on the future. So they sincerely, sincerely want to know, how can I do better? How can I be better? What can I learn that will make me better? And so they're focused on the future. Here's another one. Wise people are not self-centered. Wise, wise people are not self-centered, and it is revealed in the fact 
that they care deeply about how their behavior and their decisions and their plans and their actions and their reactions and their performance, listen to this, affects other people. Wise people care how their behavior, their decisions, how they're living your life, their life affects other people. They're not self-centered. Wise people, when the truth is presented, will accept the truth. They will accept that if their behavior is having a negative effect on a situation, an individual, a group, somebody in their family or somebody on their team, instead of arguing about that, instead of because of pride they won't admit that, wise people go, thank you. I'm glad I, re- I didn't know I was having this negative effect. And they are willing to adjust themselves to the situation. Wise people love feedback. One of the things that I say when I go and, uh, and I am uh, able to teach other pastors and churches and church leaders is that here, here's one of the things that destroys a church. When we, can't, when we can't receive honest feedback, your church will never get better. When you can't receive honest feedback as a business, your business will never get better. That's why we have on our website, don't go crazy with it today, please, but that's why we have on our website, tell us if you had a bad experience. Tell us what kind of experience you had at our church. If you're a first-time guest, we want to know, were we friendly, were we not friendly? Uh, um, You know, uh, when you drove up, uh, did people assist you and help you? We want to know. We want to know that. We want that feedback. Now, I'm not saying it's comfortable to get it. I'm not going to be up here telling you that when you get negative feedback as a wise person, you're going to go, oh, this is wonderful. As a matter of fact, the Bible says over there in, I think, Hebrews chapter 5, I believe that's where it is. Maybe not. It's in Hebrews. Um, By the way, wouldn't that be a great name for a coffee shop in a church? Hebrews. So, (laughs) squirrel. So, so, uh, over there in Hebrews, he says, is it, is it comfortable when God brings correction in our life? What's the answer to that? No. The Bible says over there in Hebrew, it is not pleasant. But how many of you know that it is good for us because it goes on then to say that when God does give us honest feedback and accurate feedback and from God, is it always honest? Yes. Is it always accurate? Yes. And then you accept it and adjust your behavior. The Bible says it yields in your life the peaceable fruit of righteousness. So so as a wise person, when you receive honest feedback, it has great fruit. It has great um, results. It will make you a better person. You say, well, sometimes I don't know when somebody's being critical or somebody's talking to me. I don't really know if it is accurate. I'm not sure. Well, then run it by some people that you trust and some people you know are going to be honest with you and say to them, you know, somebody said blah, 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 and I'm not sure that's true about me. What do you think? And I want you to tell me, I want you to tell me, is that true about me? And if somebody really, really loves you, they're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to say, well, I got to tell you, that is true sometimes. 
And, and so run that by somebody that maybe knows you better or will give you good feedback. Here's what I say, here's what I say to churches when I'm able to go speak to them about becoming better at what they do. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. People who will not receive feedback, don't misunderstand me, nobody likes negative feedback. I don't like it. I mean, a thousand people could go out of here today and say, that's the best sermon I heard, I've ever heard, and one person could go out and say, I'm more confused than ever, and what do you think I'm going to think about the rest of the day? The one that said that they were confused by my sermon because it's hard to receive honest feedback. It's hard to receive it. I'm not saying it's easy, but if you want to be a better person, if you want to be a wise person, you're not going to automatically, every time you hear a criticism, every time you hear something, you're not going to automatically go into defense mode, but you're going to hear it. You're going to listen to it. It's going to make you a better person. So wise people love feedback, and they're grateful for it, and rather than getting defensive or angry, honest feedback actually will strengthen. I mean, the people I'm closest to, the people I am closest to and the people I love to be with more than anybody else are people that will receive feedback from me and people who give me honest feedback. If you're a wise person and somebody gives you some feedback that is a little hard to hear, but you know that they love you and care about you and you know in your heart of hearts they're right, then you're going you're gonna, to, that, that relationship you have with that person deepens it deepens instead, instead of divides. So that, that moves us on, and it probably, that probably tells you kind of what the next person's going to be like. So let's talk about the character, characteristics of a foolish person. A foolish person. The foolish person could be, um, we said the wise person is not necessarily, but I want you to understand we're going to flip this. The foolish person actually could be the brightest person in the room. The foolish person could be the smartest. They could be the most creative. They could be the most educated. They could be the most talented, the most gifted. Listen, the foolish person could actually be the most charming person in the room, but it doesn't make them not foolish. When you are dealing with a foolish person, you are pretty much dealing with the opposite characteristics of a wise person. <clears throat> When a fool is given truth, when a foolish person is given reality, they do not listen. They don't want to hear it. Listen to this. A foolish person fights the truth. A foolish person fights against the truth. Foolish people uh, will deny reality. When you present them with reality, even though it is real and even though it is accurate and even though it is the truth, they will deny it and they will minimize it. They will minimize it. They'll say things like, oh, that's no big deal. I mean, you bring it up, son, that's no big deal. And, and, and uh, you're overreacting and you're blowing this thing way out of proportion. So, so a foolish, and, and I'm not saying there aren't times when people actually do that, but I'm just saying the foolish person always reacts. No matter what the feedback is, no matter if the feedback is true or not, they just don't want feedback. They just don't want anybody presenting truth to them that is contrary to the way they're living. 
They don't want anybody to present reality to them that is contrary to the way they want to live. And so they, they minimize what you say. Here, here's one. Let me tell you what foolish people do. They externalize the problem. Where the wise person will look inside, the wise person will consider what the person said. Now, I want to tell you something about criticism. Now, it's really important for you to understand, I'm not standing up here some bastion of um, perfection and how it, I don't like being criticized. And sometimes I am criticized in a mean way, and sometimes I'm criticized in a very, very loving way. And what I am trying to do is understand that even when I'm criticized in a mean way, it could be true. It could be true, even though somebody says it in a mean way. I'll just pause while y'all say amen. So, so when you are criticized, as much as it burns, as much as it stings, as hard as it is to take, take that criticism, pray and say, God, is it true about me? Is it true? God, help me see reality. And I know the person who said it to me wanted to hurt me. And I know they wanted to, to you know, get back at me or whatever. But God, is what they're saying the truth. Now, you know when somebody who loves you gives you honest feedback, you know you ought to examine yourself when you get that feedback, even if it's something you don't want to hear. Okay? So the foolish person... The foolish person is going to say things like this. They're going to externalize it. They're going to say, well, if so-and-so had done what they were supposed to do, then I would have been able to... I know y'all don't know these people. I know you never experienced anything like this. Some of y'all seeing people in your head right now. You're seeing people at work, and you're seeing people in your family, and you're seeing people that no matter what is said to try to bring about a good solution to a situation they immediately say it's not true about me and, and uh, the only reason I wasn't able to do that or follow through on that is because he didn't do his job and if he had not done this, then I could have done this or if he had done this, I could have done what you're criticizing me for. If they'd have done what they were supposed to do, then I would have done what was expected of me. It's not my fault. The foolish, listen, with the foolish person, it's never their fault. If the problem has to be solved, it's never their fault. They refuse. This is so important. They refuse. If they cause the problem, they refuse to own their responsibility. And sometimes it isn't one person's reason for a problem, but it is two or three people made a bad decision or two or three people didn't follow through, and so it created a lack of accomplishment so not only if you're wise do you want to own your responsibility in a problem, but you want to own your part. I mean, if there were two or three other people in that situation that also caused problems, you have to say, yes, and I hope they'll own their responsibility, but there's one thing for sure, I do know what I did wrong in this, and I'm going to own it. Are y'all seeing the difference in the wise and the foolish person? Here's another thing foolish people do. They shoot the messenger. <laughs> they shoot the messenger. They get angry. They look at you and say, well, well, you know, how about you? 
Instead of looking inside themselves and saying, hmm, wow, I didn't realize. See, because the wise person is like, okay, let me think about that. I've got to make sure, did I, do, did I say it that Did I do that? Because, man, I don't want to be a person like that. They immediately, the foolish person immediately, they don't even consider themselves. They immediately go, well, you, what about you? I remember a time when you, and they get historical on you. And you say, don't you mean hysterical? No, I mean historical. They will go back in history and drag up stuff that is old and gone and bring it back up to you. Amen, amen? Amen. So Appreciate it. Nobody's pointing yet, and I'm so thankful for that. They turn everything around and attack the messenger. And somehow it's your fault for even bringing it up. And by bringing them truth, presenting it, and by bringing them reality, and pre- no matter how careful you are, no matter how loving you are, no matter if you even begin, hey, listen, I know I messed up here and here and here and here, but I want to just tell you that something I need from you is this. They never say, I messed up too. They just come right back with, uh, you're persecuting me. The foolish person, when the truth is presented to them, they always feel like they're being persecuted. Here's another thing about foolish people. They don't care about solving the problem. All they care about is looking good in the situation. They don't care about solving the problem, and they don't, I'm not going to say they don't totally care about it, but they don't primarily care about solving the problem. And they also have little care about the effects or problems that their action had on other people. They only care about themselves. They only care about how they look in the situation. In other words, a foolish person will let a major project fail as long as they come out of it looking like it wasn't their fault. So we're talking about wise people. The Bible puts people into three different categories, really. And I know, again, we're, we're not trying to make these three boxes. And, of course, there are, I'm sure, sub-boxes and little boxes in between. But pretty much you're either a wise person or you're a foolish person. And then we'll talk finally in just a minute about evil people. But foolish people do not focus on the future. They don't care how their behavior affects the future. They only care about how they look in the situation. Here's, here, this is really good as we close this idea on uh, foolish people. Wise people adjust their behavior to truth. Wise people adjust their behavior to reality for the sake of a better future for everybody. That's a great statement right there. That's a great statement. I wrote that statement probably Wednesday or Thursday, and I didn't realize how awesome it was until I just read it right then. That's an awesome, awesome statement. Wise people adjust their behavior to reality, to the truth, and they do it for the sake of a better future, not just for themselves, but for Everybody, that's a great statement. Foolish people fight reality because everything is about them. As a matter of fact, instead of adjusting their behavior to the truth, they um, actually want to adjust the reality. Here's an example of that. Let's say that um, you're on a team or you're in an organization. I mean, this could be your job. This could be where you work. And there are policies And there are barriers and there are boundaries. We have to have policies, don't we? 
we have to have barriers, we have to have boundaries, and then everybody's expected to work within those policies, work within those barriers, work within those boundaries. But what a person will do who is foolish is they will go beyond those boundaries, and then when they're confronted with it, they want everybody to make an exception for them. Now, I'm about to say something that's going to get down where we live. I'm about to make a statement right here. Brace yourself. A foolish person says, I know the Bible says thou shalt not commit adultery, but my situation is unique. I have to live with her or I have to live with him. And then they list all the most time it's financial reason, this reason, that reason, that reason, that reason. And then when you tell them that God doesn't make exceptions, they have three choices. They can be wise and say, thank you for telling me the truth. I'm going to adjust my lifestyle to the truth. Are y'all hearing me? Or number two, I'm going to be mad about it and stay at church or I'm going to be mad about it and leave the church. And I will assure you, we have had all three reactions. A foolish person says, I don't care what the truth is, I don't care what reality is, I want an exception for me. My situation is different. My situation is unique. Everybody with me out there? Y'all with me? All right, all right. This good stuff? It's a little different, isn't it? It's a little different. So, so what we'll do next week, is we're going to start naming some crazy people. Not like people's names, but we're going to start naming like the nitpicker, and, we're, and then we'll talk about how to deal with them, and we'll talk about what the Scripture says about how we react to crazy people. How many of y'all want to know how to react to crazy people? Amen? Amen. Because sometimes that person's you. <laughs> and the people said, come on now. Now, evil people. Evil people. So you don't only have wise people, and you don't only have... Foolish people, but you got evil people. Now, evil people is a whole nother level, an HNL. HNL. So, if you're here today and you're wise, awesome. If you're here today and you're a fool, <laughs> all you fools, right? <laughs> if you're here today and you're foolish, there's hope for you. Are y'all glad about that? I'm glad about that because I've been foolish a lot of times in my life. But if you're evil today, if you're evil, you need God bad. You need God bad. We all need God bad. But, I mean, you really need to turn to God today. So let's look at evil people. Like the foolish person, the evil person can be the brightest. The evil person can be the most creative. The evil person can be the most educated, the most talented, the most gifted, the most charming person in the room. Just like the foolish person. So just because a person has all those traits does not mean they are not evil. So you may be asking, what is the difference in a fool? What is the difference in a foolish person and an evil person? Here's, here's one of the differences. Fools, when they hurt you, they are not really intentionally trying to hurt you. They're just trying to protect themselves. Evil people want to hurt you. Evil people want to hurt you. Um, now, we know that fool, you say, but I know some foolish people who hurt you. I understand that, but that's not their primary intention. They don't want to hurt you. They just want to come out looking good. They just want to take care of themselves. They just want to cover themselves. It's not their intention to hurt you. Let me tell you, and this might hit home with some people, 
uh, it hits home with me. But let me just talk to you about some, uh, a kind of person who is a foolish person, but not, a, not necessarily an evil person. And this is going to hit real close to home, and I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but an addict is a foolish person. An addict is a foolish person. Because let me tell you about addicts. Addicts will not own their behavior. They won't own their behavior. They're in denial. They destroy families, but they're not trying to destroy the family. They are simply trying to avoid taking personal responsibility. The destruction an addict inflicts is collateral damage. You know what collateral damage is? It's when you are trying to hit a target and, and you know this is a military thing, it's such a heartbreaking thing, but it happens all the time. And a bomb falls and it gets the enemy, but there were some collateral damage. It killed some innocent people or it maybe even killed one of our very own soldiers. Collateral damage, everybody knows what that means. That's how the fool is. The fool doesn't want to hurt you but because of his actions or her actions and their refusal to take responsibility for their actions, they do hurt people. Evil people, though, on the other hand, actually get a sense of satisfaction out of hurting people. They get a sense of satisfaction. Listen, the strategy of evil people is to destroy to destroy. So let me give you a little example here. Let's say you're an employer and you've got, you know, employees. Uh, if you're an employer, you'd have to have employees, wouldn't you? I mean, that's pretty sad. <laughs> so, so you're an employer and, and you've got a foolish person working for you and you give him or her, because you want them to be a better employee, you give him or her truth, you give him or her reality, you give him or her honest feedback about the situation and uh, they won't receive it. They won't take responsibility for it. They won't accept it. They want to flip it back on you. But the evil person won't stop there. The evil person, if you give them honest feedback, they may sue you for harassing them. I mean, they will bring down the whole organization to win. Evil people gossip. It's amazing to me. I'm just going to say this. You know the Ask It sermon series? I got 25 questions on Christians drinking alcohol. Can Christians drink alcohol? And I'm going to answer that question. We're going to put it on the website. I didn't get one single question about can a Christian gossip. You know why? Because the ones who don't drink alcohol, who think we ought not to drink alcohol, they want me to tear the people up. They want me to tear them up on that topic. But nobody brought up gossip. You know why? Can I, are y'all all right? Everybody all right? Because everybody gossips. So many of us are guilty of gossip. Evil people gossip. I've gossiped. Evil people divide. Evil people divide families. Evil people divide teams. Evil people divide friends. Evil people divide 
churches, evil people will try to destroy a person or an organization because of jealousy. They will try to make a person look bad because they want to take their position. Evil people are about revenge. Evil is not about foolish or immature behavior. This is very important. Evil, being evil, is not about being foolish or immature. Evil is when people actually know what they're doing, understand the damages it's causing, and take pleasure when people fall. Evil people gloat in the failures of others. When you're dealing with someone who is hurting you accidentally like a foolish person, when you're dealing with somebody who's hurting you in a collateral way, you were just collateral damage of their bad decision that it mean to hurt you, but you just got caught up in their bad decision and you got hurt, then you're dealing with a foolish person. But when you are dealing with someone who is out to destroy you, you're dealing with an evil person. So let's close. You're probably ready to close. When you're working with wise people, you have much hope for the future. When you're working with foolish people, you still have hope for the future. But when you are dealing with evil people, you go into protective mode because there is nothing to help you except to protect yourself from the destruction that evil people are trying to bring on you, trying to bring on your family, your friends, your teams, your business. So, we got something to pray about, don't we? Now, I don't know how this message is going to affect you. This is a little different than I usually preach, and I don't know how this is going to affect you. We just really got all down in everybody's wheelhouse today. This is a prayer list for you. If you are serious about being a mature Christian, you are going to take these three categories. i got to tell you something, man. Ever since I got into this, I've been doing it. Because sadly, I saw myself a whole lot when I was preparing this sermon. I saw myself. James tells us that the Word of God is a what? A mirror. And when you look in the Word of God, it'll show, you know, a lot of times you go to the Word of God to find out what's wrong with somebody else. It never works like that. You might go in the Word of God and find out what's wrong with somebody else, but you, you'll more so see what's wrong in your own life. I'm glad about that, aren't you? I'm glad the Word of God examines me because I want power with God. I want power with God. I want the peace of God. I, I want to walk in His peace. I want to walk in His power. I want to walk in His presence. But if I'm a fool, I'm not going to have that. And I'm certainly not going to have that if I'm evil. I need to come to Jesus. I need to give my life to Jesus if I'm an evil person. I don't believe you can be a follower of Jesus and be an evil person. I do believe you can be a fool and be an evil person. But there are times we look back and we see in our lives little acts. We're not an evil person, but we see little acts of evil in our life. And we say, where in the world did that come from? There's a sermon series I did. It's probably a year or two ago now on um, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I, I can't remember what I titled that sermon series. But it was about sanctification and have, how the Holy Spirit has control of your life. I would encourage, immersed, immersed. Y'all remember that sermon series? Thank all four of you. 
immersed. Go back and look at that because what that sermon series deals with is the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to keep you wise and to help you see yourself for what you really are. Amen, amen?